what you are basically. Deep, deep down, far, far in, is simply the fabric and structure of existence itself. Peace for all men and women, for all men and women, for all men and women. Not merely peace in our time, peace in all time. Honestly expressing yourself. Hi everybody, welcome to the Parallel Mike podcast episode number 31. Thank you so much for joining us on today's show. I have a new guest to share with you all. It's Odessa Olivitz. Odessa is somebody that I only met recently when I was invited onto her show, Liberty Talk Canada, but I was immediately impressed with Odessa and her courage and determination to speak the truth to tyrannical power. Now, Odessa lives over there in Canada, and as you're going to find out in tonight's show, she has been absolutely relentless in her efforts to keep the flame of liberty alive in a nation that is sadly going full steam ahead into this totalitarian and satanic agenda. Now, because of this, Odessa has been heavily censored. Her YouTube channel was taken down permanently. She is certainly not one of those gatekeeper channels telling people what they already know, giving them information that's already out there. No, Odessa is no holds bad. And when she got banned, she took it on the chin. She pivoted, created her own platform, as I have done on my website, so that she can continue to share her content and reach the Canadian people. So in part one, we get into the story of how Odessa went from regular Canadian to somebody dictator Trudeau was making veiled threats to in his own speeches before we head into part two where the gloves really come off and we discuss phony wildfires, assisted suicide and a new one for the country which is the coming land grab that they're setting up for over there in Canada. So this one's extremely important. It gives us a really good understanding of what's happening because what happens in Canada will soon happen everywhere. But as always, we're not just discussing what's going on, we're also discussing solutions. Members, please head over to parallelmike.com to listen to the full episode. If you are not a member yet, this is something we actually talk about in tonight's show, how we must support free speech content. We must support content that is going to be censored or is being censored because unfortunately we are now heading into the end game when it comes to free speech and ultimately if you don't support the content that you enjoy you're probably not going to be able to access it for much longer so please consider becoming a member it really helps me and my research in closing i hope you're all well healthy and reasonably happy and of course i will see you as always in the next one Hi everyone, welcome to the Parallel Mike podcast. I'm here with a fantastic guest. It's Odessa Olivitz, or I'm really tempted to say Olivitz because that's how we say it over here in Poland, and I know it's a Polish last name. Um, Odessa is the host of Liberty uh, Talk Canada, and also you've got a social media platform, Odessa, which I'd like you to kind of discuss with us because it looks really exciting what's going on over there. But before we get into that, Odessa, welcome to the show. You're a first-time guest. Can you just tell listeners a little bit more about who you are? and what you're getting up to over there in crazy Marxist Canada. Yeah, 
Um, well, my name's Odessa, and you're right. The way you pronounce it is correct. I have Polish people tell me all the time, stop saying Orlowitz. It's like Orlewicz or something. Um, my husband's Polish. So I, you know, I've always been the kind of person that I always speak the truth. I'm very blunt. You know, I'm the kind of person that always, even at Thanksgiving dinner, people go, oh, shoosh. So when <laughs> COVID came along, and within a couple of uh, months or even less, I realized something's not right. I started saying how I felt on Facebook. And, you know, immediately I lost about 400 friends, but I gained 30,000 over the last four years by just exposing the truth and deciding what is more important, truth or upsetting people. So I decided truth. And the reason I did that is because I was so worried about the future of my two sons that truth to me was more important and saving my son's lives was actually more important than anything else. I've never been one to you know stick with cliques if I didn't agree with what they were saying. So what happened was my Facebook got pretty big with that. And then I started to get censored. And my husband, who is in the marketing you know, field. He owns a company in America that sort of sort of teaches marketing. It's it's kind of complicated. He just said, "This is ridiculous. How censored you are getting." He said, "I'm going to build a social media site so that you're not censored." I was like, "What?" And he said, "Yeah, maybe this could get huge." Like he wasn't even sure. So he spent a year building up a social media site, and he found um, a guy who had been watching my show who happens to originally have been from Russia. He lives here near Vancouver, Canada. And he was like, yeah, I've been watching your wife's show. And like, we agree with her, me and my Japanese wife and da da da. So um, eventually my husband put out a message saying, is there anybody that would be interesting in partnering with us who is super techie that could build out a social media site? Cause he couldn't do it on his own. That's not his forte. And this fellow Roman said, I will. And so we came up with agreements incorporated and he's half owner. And um, so they built out this site and I was like, this is all over my head. I just want to do my show. So eventually we started marketing this site called LIBRTI.com. And the only reason it's not Liberty.com spelled normally is we couldn't even afford it. So we're like, let's use, let's do a funky spelling. This is the guy's idea. This haunts me. This spelling haunts me because <laughs> everyone gets it wrong all the time. Computers autocorrect it. I think it's hurt our membership, but at the time we couldn't afford, we should have paid for it, but it's spelled normally. So it's L-I-B-R-T-I.com. So through my show, uh, which had now started to do well on YouTube, YouTube hated me because I was talking about all the COVID stuff. I was bringing doctors on. I was bringing whistleblowers on. I went through three channels. I finally gave up there. And it really hurt me. Like when YouTube axed me, it really hurt me. Uh, that, that's you know, a death blow for many people, yeah. for sure. It's really hard to yeah. come back from that. The week that I got my first death blow, there was six other podcasters that were well-known in Canada that were removed as well. So it was a concerted effort. Probably the Canadian government said, you got to get rid of these people. All of us had to try to rebuild elsewhere. Some are back on YouTube, sort of. So... It was good because we already had Liberty set up. So because I was very active in the protests against the tyranny of Justin Trudeau, the tyranny of the NDP liberal government, what they did to us through COVID, um, people started meeting me at a ground level and joining Liberty. 
So now I wish I had more followers in this, but I think it's around almost 28,000 followers on our little site. So we have a couple hundred thousand now. It's not that much, but it's growing. And as more and more people in Canada are literally getting tossed off every social media site, you know, um, they're coming over to ours. So I don't run it. Uh, I just keep doing my show and bringing people over to it. So it's a freedom of speech, no censorship. The only, you know, we do have guidelines in that when we say there, this is our definition of hate speech. You can't say an entire group of people are something, you know what I mean? But you can say George Soros is funding BLM. We don't care what race or nationality someone is that you're calling out because we're not going to play that game. But we have very minimal, you know, censorship where if there's no porn allowed, it's just a place for people to share the truth. And we don't take sides, basically. Wow, I'm so glad you laid that out for me, because I never actually knew the story of how it came to be. But that's so awesome. And, you know, I started to do just the same as you, Odessa, once I started my channel, its trajectory was like, almost vertical, and then it was vertical down. <laughs> and, uh, about I always tell people about six or seven months in, I was getting like a quarter of the views on a video that I was getting when I had less than maybe 10% of the audience. It just made no sense unless you knew you was being shadow banned. Uh, and I did exactly the same as you. I started my own website with a private member section uh, and started to basically just diversify to get ready for censorship in the future. Now, at, at present, my website's just for my podcast, so I still do have a YouTube channel. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's really difficult. And you know that once that you, I mean, I've tried so hard to get people to go across to my rumble, to get people to go to my rock fin, uh, and I've got a really big presence. I'm on a lot of shows, but nobody will go across to those platforms. They just want to watch me on YouTube. That's it. Uh, and there is this, there is this kind of lack of will in the public right now to, to kind of save themselves. It's like, listen, guys, they're coming for us all. You've got to, you've got to work with us as content creators, uh, but the membership on the website, that actually works. People are willing to pay for my content and to come in, but they're not willing to go from YouTube to Rumble. So I don't get it, but we have to do what we can. So I'm really happy to hear your story that you've done that yourself. And I think I think you said 30,000 people over there, did you say, on Liberty? Yes. Now, you know what I do find is Elon Musk, even though probably one day he'd love it if we're all transhuman, Elon Musk, I am shocked how quickly on, on Twitter... I'm growing because he's allowing all these shows to to be on Twitter. I have been kicked off once for something didn't make sense since Elon only for a week. But if you, Twitter is like you can get followers really, really fast as a content person because it's not being uh, censored. And so I'm actually really happy with the services Elon Musk is um is offering over on Twitter because there's a place there for people who were on YouTube to literally have their channel on Twitter. You need short clips. People don't like long shows. I still put them there in the long, but I just do clips, etc. Um, so I, I'm appreciating Twitter, but yeah, you're right. There was a very big um, podcaster here named Dan Dix. He was huge. And he kept telling everyone, guys, my, my days are numbered on YouTube for years. He was warning. And he said to me, Odessa, people, only one quarter came over to Odyssey Rumble, all the places he is. It's like, what is wrong with people? I, I'm like, I don't know. Just like it's hard for us to go set up shop at Odyssey and all these places where you have zero viewers, right? It's just, 
it's it's weird it's something about our conscience we don't want to switch over it is uh, and you know what i found was when i started to put certain content behind a paywall uh, i actually got much more support it was really weird but uh, i realized first and foremost i was spending like 60 hours a week on this stuff and i was like there's no way this is sustainable unless i actually have some support so so i kind of reached out to my community uh started a patreon and started my website where i do half of it i mean members will be listening to this now i put half of it out for free and then half of it in the members section and and that works so you know it's it's not even the pay, like it's not like people don't even want to support content financially there's just something about this mindset of being conditioned for certain platforms so i i mean and i do i do worry about the day that youtube disappears if in fact it does for me because that's the only way i really get a new audience you know i i've or, I, or if i go on somebody else's show and they've got a really popular show but even then like it's yeah the people that come across like from this interview you will have people come across but it won't you know it's never a flood wave of people is it it's mm -hmm. just you get like a little bump so it's difficult, but I, I congratulate you, Odessa. I think you're doing a fantastic job, and that platform is awesome. I can't believe you've got so many people on there. So I, th I think you're safe. I think you're going to be, I think we're all going to be safe with our podcast right up until the very end of this censorship drive. And if it gets to the point where they're literally taking down our private sites, then it's probably time to uh, get yourself in a bunker, I think. You know, it's interesting you say that because unfortunately, Trudeau knows who I am because I've outed so much corruption that's really, really not been good for them. Um, you know, the local health authority, they know who I am. NDP know who I am because I've, I outed, um, I outed something about the liberal government's plans if they get back in to mandate COVID vaccines again. So that went viral. They don't like who I am. Trudeau came on the news when he was at his most insane part of the COVID tyranny and said, cause it's funny. Cause we had just done a show where we were telling people, don't worry, Liberty it's servers are in a bunker in a strange country in the middle of nowhere in caves. You guys are safe. You, you come over, you're safe. The next day, Trudeau says, and those of you that have websites in bunkers on the other side of the world, we're coming for you <laughs> no too. No way. Yeah, that was when he was at his most insane where it sounded like he wanted people to like kill us alive since we were unvaccinated. I mean, he was insane and you know we tell people we're going to keep this site up until someone comes to the door and puts a gun to our head so we'll see what happens it's not that hackable because roman is a genius so but i mean i don't know if you heard but trudeau within the past maybe two weeks just made another announcement that the government arm of you know television radio internet called crtc he has just made a new rule that he's decided that all podcasters must register with the government now. And and they will um, need to tell, you know, I, like it hasn't happened yet, but he's saying it's coming. They've just said it's coming. You need to explain who your audience is. Like oh, serious wow. China I, stuff. This. this is wild. I mean, I know in the UK, they've got the online harms bill now where they're saying that, essentially you're responsible for you know you can have wrong talk essentially if you say the wrong thing and they deem it and they've got complete authority to say what they think is dangerous speak or harmful speech it can basically be something that hurts someone's feelings Odessa. then you can be taken down or fined or put in prison that's the new rules 
So it's not even a rule that you can follow because there's no def- definition within the laws that they're trying to bring in. It's almost like saying, if we think you've done something wrong, you have done something wrong. So this is happening in Canada too, but they're actually making you register your podcast. Yeah, so it affects us eventually, but they're saying right now, don't worry, it's only people that make $10 million a year or more for now. Now it said, or people that that house social media people that make 10 million or more. So let's say we have podcasters on Liberty. If I wish we made 10 million a year, I would be jumping for joy. We certainly don't, (laughs) but at all. But um, if there's a podcaster on there that makes 10 million or more, we're supposed to register and say who our audience is and stuff. People are so upset about this. It just goes to show the direction we're going. Well, it's also because Trudeau is having a hissy fit because he's very unintelligent. Like he has no idea what he's talking about ever, right? He was just born into the Trudeau name. I don't know if you guys know that Canada has now said to Facebook that, and I think it's Instagram, but mainly Facebook I know about, pretty sure Instagram, that news, so the regular mainstream news is not allowed. You're not allowed to share newspaper or uh, news on Facebook that is Canadian news channels. And that includes some of the independent conservative ones like Rebel News, because Trudeau's mad at Facebook for what that they're making ad money and making money off Canadian news. Like he doesn't even understand how it works. So now if even if you want to share something from CBC, you share it and within 30 seconds is sorry, this is Canadian content. We're not allowed to because Facebook wants uh, Canada. Trudeau wants Facebook to pay them for their media. So then what happens is now it's great. All the fake news, the mainstream news, because it's very bad here. We've literally turned into China for fake news, meaning it's state propaganda. Most of it's lies. Now they have no presence on Facebook and Instagram. And so now he's having a hissy fit saying, oh, no, these podcasters, everyone's listening to independent news and podcasters, and he the narrative's running away from him. So now he's mad and he wants podcasters to register. He, he's got himself into such a pickle. Now, now he's in a fight with Google, and now Google, Google may not be sharing Canadian content soon. So we're in this place where we can't find stuff through the main channels. So little Trudeau, who's really dumb, has now pissed off Google, Facebook, Instagram. He thinks that they're going to start paying him. No, they're never going to do that. Not that I think that these conglomerates are good. I mean, Google is so corrupt in you know how they're censoring all of us. But I, uh, we're, we're just a disaster. We're a disaster up here. You are. And I'm interested to get your take on why places like Canada and really it's all the old crown colonies. It's Great Britain. It's, well, I say old, the current crown colonies, uh, Great Britain, Australia, Canada, New Zealand. Why do you think that those countries particularly are being so smashed in terms of totalitarianism and the removal of our freedom of speech? Why is it us that are at the forefront of this, do you think? Because we're the free and, well, we thought they were democratic. We realized they're not. We're the free nations they have to take down to bring in their one world totalitarianism where we're all equal we all get our social credits. Um, you know, that's why they're flooding our nations with immigrants, because there is going not going to be, you know, a them and us. 
my husband made a good point and, 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 you know, he realized with what was going on with the Dutch farmers, the new world order has looked at their globe as, you know, their playground. Where do we want our food grown that we own all of? Where do we want this happening? What, what nations can we uh, use these, these resources? So they're looking around, they're flooding all of our type nations uh, with immigrants. I'm not going to, you know, give an opinion on that really, but just that's what they're doing so that we're just a mishmash of everybody and all of our, all of our um, way of our, our, our way of life, how we're living, you know, richness wise, we're all going to go down. And, and when the collapse comes, we're all just going to live normally, uh, not normally equally. And they will be just giving all of us our credits, our social credits. So they can't have nations that are based on freedom. That doesn't work for the one world government. And the one world government, as you know, it's not a conspiracy theory. You can find montages of Bush talking about it, World Economic Forum. So they're trying to take out the free nations. Yeah, they are. I completely agree. And you're right. If you go back 100 years, all throughout the last century they've been telling us that whether we like it or not we're going to get a one world government um numerous bankers numerous members of the club of rome and the council of foreign relations they've all done speeches saying that we're working behind the scenes to go to a one world system one world government and uh, national sovereignty has to be destroyed and that's what we're living through now and uh yeah it's not a pretty sight out there but i would say that canada it feels to me like canada has been singled out especially for some of these agendas there's certain things happening over in canada that are so wild to me even in the west like i i, I see it happening everywhere but canada has some of the craziest stuff i'm thinking particularly assisted suicide i saw an advert recently that you can tell me if this is true but it was on canadian tv and it, i think it was a clothing brand advertising yep. clothes and they was using assisted suicide to try and make their clothes seem better. So saying, we can make you look great just before you kill yourself. Is this what's actually happening? Like, how bad is it really over there? Because this looks about as dark as you can get to me. That, yeah, it's funny, that commercial. I wonder if they pulled it or not. Uh, I did see that commercial. I did a show about it. What's happening over here is there are entities above our government that are pushing for Canada to literally be like the first man to go into this dystopian society. I'd say Australia and us are actually a bit equal there. So they're wanting it to go from, uh, you know, people who are in extreme pain, for sure they're going to die to be able to die earlier so they don't sit there for another year rotting in pain. I don't think that's a bad thing. However, they are saying out loud, this entity of people in our government you know, they're just sick saying they want to add where if you're depressed, you can off yourself. You can go in and commit suicide. They want it to be that children who are depressed can go in and kill themselves without their parents' permission. This is the end goal. Right now, they're fighting for 12 and up. Then they also are uh, fighting for if a mother decides she doesn't want her baby within a certain amount of town, she can bring her baby back to get it suicided. Where they want to go is so, so extreme. 
And so right now, this entity is like fighting with the NDP government, the Liberal government, as to how far they want to go. And they literally did a hearing, and I actually showed it on Stu Peters, I think, a while ago. Um, they did a hearing where they said, we are not happy how you guys in the government have halted this program. You know, these people are insane. It's a bunch of women. They are insane. And they call themselves like psychiatrists and stuff. But then an independent journalist went and found like 50 other psychiatrists that, you know, disagreed with this expert. They want to be people to be able to come in and kill themselves. There are homeless people that are, are going to use MAID right now. And they're allowed. Okay, this is absolutely sick. And, you know, I do actually have a bit of expertise in this one because I spent my entire career working with young people who were suicidal. And I can tell you pretty much every child I ever worked with who was going through troubles would say they felt suicidal. And if they had the option to go kill themselves, maybe they would have done it. And a professional like me, my job was to make them not feel suicidal, to give them something hopeful and to help them find that hope in their lives. Whereas what professionals now seem to be doing is actually embracing this and saying, no, this is what we need. The same with uh, people who have eating disorders. People with eating disorders are normally always suicidal. It's like kind of co-symptomatic. If, you, if you've got an eating disorder, you're likely going to be suicidal at some point in that journey. And if this is so easy to go access, if you could just and not even have your parents if you're a child. This is sick. So uh, to me, this is a satanic agenda, Odessa. And I don't know if you you frame it in that same way as like a spiritual battle, but it feels to me like it truly is like Satan behind this agenda. Oh, 100%. 100%. Um, the irony is like Canada so schizophrenic in itself. The irony is they're, you know, pushing for kids to transition and mutilate themselves um, you know, when all these other countries are deciding, you know, let's wait till they're 18. They're saying, if you don't let children trans themselves after we train them to be tra trans in schools, they might kill themselves. Meanwhile, they're like, is anyone depressed? You can come in and kill yourself. It, it, it's yeah. honestly up here. You watch the news. It's like. It's like they're purposely trying to confuse us and upset us. It is a satanic agenda. I mean, you know all this as well um they don't want religion up here they are trying to just you know it's unbelievable how they're treating christians up here right now it's it's basically every problem is because of the white christian man up here right now we know exactly what's coming the thing is though it's not going very well for them trudeau went so far with what he did to my friends on the freedom convoy by you know there was there was a woman here out in abbotsford that donated 50 dollars to the freedom convoy and they froze her bank accounts for like two months she was a single mom with kids 50 dollars to the truckers and so they what happened was it was hell for everyone but it exposed it to the world, like just how insane our liberal NDP government had gotten, just how insane Trudeau was. Everyone now knows that he's a puppet of the World Economic Forum. And so what is good is that the, he's getting exposed left, right and center to the point where people who are Muslim are willing to now vote for the Conservative Party of Canada just to get out of this hell. So, you know darkness is always brought to light we're in for a show 
But I have to say that right now, all you hear on the news is the mainstream news, white men bad, the land we stole from our indigenous, we need to make reparations about that. Climate change, climate change, climate change. If you're not into the trans agenda, you're a bigot, you're a homophobe, you're a white jerk, Nazi. Um, and then there's one more. It's all it is is climate change, trans agenda, the indigenous. Oh, and get your vaccine, get your vaccine, get your vaccine, get your vaccine, get your vaccine. They're still trying to pawn off all these COVID shots on us. Insane. Absolutely insane. And, you know, you actually picked up on many of the talking points that I think we'll go into in part two. I really want to ask about this land grab that's taking place, which has the unfortunate name of UNDRIP, which immediately makes me think of a Clinton uh, rumor, rumored video, which I'm not going to mention. What is it? Come on, uh, mention it. No, if I mention yeah. it, this 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 will get pulled oh, for sure. In fact, it's, you need to send it to me later, Mike. It's not going on YouTube, but yeah, it's got yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things that is an immediate channel or Twitter or any account you've got. If you mention it, you're done for and uh, for good reason. But mm -hmm. also, yeah, I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to talk about the climate change agenda, too, which I am actually going to frame very differently because I want to talk about the wildfires in Canada and how they oh, have yeah. been um, creating a police state amongst people who are in these regions, locking them out, keeping them in the houses really crazy stuff going on but I think I'll save that for part two because I just wanted to ask you a little bit more about your experience over the past few years because it sounded to me Odessa like when you started the conversation you said that this all kind of came into your life with the COVID thing so before that what was life like for you was this on your radar at all or was this no. like a big awakening for you like holy shit this is all happening and I need to get in the fight as quick as I can I was like any other dumb Canadian before this Oh, we live in such a free, beautiful nation. Yes, we're taxed to the hills, but look at it's because we have beautiful trees and and we have nice roads and we have free healthcare. Well, we saw healthcare kind of going down the tubes, and it really went down the tubes in COVID. COVID helped to get rid of all doctors and nurses. Like what they did to clinics during COVID hurt doctors. And then a lot of them are like, I'm just gonna retire. And anyone that didn't agree with the VAX agenda, who, you know, maybe only had five or 10 years left before they wanted to retire, they retired. So everything hurt us. No, I, I mean, I guess. Sorry, most sorry Adessa, just before we go on, I just yeah. think that's a really awesome point. And I just wanted to highlight that for the listeners, what you just said, because this is what they're doing in all of the caring professions. They're weeding out anyone who cares in psychotherapy, in counseling, in social work. If you don't agree with mutilating children, if you don't agree with assisted suicide, then you're out. We're going to get take your license off you. With doctors, if you don't agree with poison 10 vaccines that are toxic, then you're out. So they're actually creating a death system. Like everyone has to be in on these death-based, they're not values, you can't call them values, death-based cult-like ideologies and if not you're out so it's a really awesome point you made because that is what they're doing they're transitioning the system over to this death cult system well it's even worse Ooh. i live in british columbia which is i say it's the head of the snake of the new world order these idiots trying at least they are made fun of every day on social media like our our politicians cannot put one post up right now on twitter without getting 99.9 percent .9 of annihilation which makes me happy I live in British Columbia, where they put a bill in, and there was huge protest on the street, but they didn't care. Any doctor that publicly 
or to his patients, he or she, says anything against vaccines, made anything the government has approved, if they say anything to their patients or publicly, it's a $200,000 fine and around six months to a year in jail. And you're fired. That just went through. Wow. You yeah. just you just actually made me think of um do you remember the name of the Canadian doctor? He's actually South African and he serviced a little I think it was only a like we'd call it a village, a small, small town. And he actually spoke out against the vaccines when he noticed his patients were. Oh yeah, Dr. Hoff. Dr. Hoff. Yeah, Dr. Hoff um is somebody that I was thinking about just going into this interview because they come down on him so hard. I actually ended up with that whole town getting wiped out in a fire. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah. I think that is a coincidence. Um, you know, Hoff, he did have all of his, you know, uh, records, you know, stating all these First Nations people that were coming up with disease and dying or being put in wheelchairs after the shot. But, lot, you know, lots of doctors did. That is a whole nother story uh, with regards to Lytton, the town of Lytton, actually only four hours from me, going up in flames. This is how dumb our premier was at the time. Within three days, well, we think we should make Lytton a smart city now. We have plans to make Lytton a smart city. How do you go from a completely unexpected disaster where everything goes up in flames, people are already questioning how did this happen, to... We're going to make it a smart city. So many people called him out for that on the comments of mainstream news. He never said it again. Right now, according to my friends that live near Lytton, it's just sitting there barren and burnt down and nothing's happened with it yet. But you know who it affected was 80% our First Nations. So our government pretends that they want to give you know this land to the First Nations. And I'll tell you how they're creeping that in. It's going to cost us money. Um, but at the same time, they're burning them out of their own town. And then they're destroying a doctor who came out and said, this vaccine, this COVID vaccine, I gave my patients, a lot of people are coming back with problems, we need to stop this. So, you know, the irony. Yeah, and these doctors, like, uh, like Mr. Hoff, these doctors are not being extreme in their views. They're literally just saying, oh, actually, we've noticed that people are not responding well. We've had people that have become disabled or can no longer walk or have had stroke. And that shows you the real heart of this system and what's truly going on is like they just don't want to know. They don't want to know if anyone's injured. They don't want to know if you're sick. And not only that, they're going to double down, triple down and say, take more of it. Give it to younger, young, younger and younger people. Now it's I think it's babies of six months or older. So this is this is a, a definitely a satanic agenda. Uh, and you mentioned the WEF, Odessa. Who do you think is actually behind this whole thing? Do you do you believe that the WEF are just a shill group for somebody else? I mean, I know you've shown some stuff on your show around the Committee of Three Hundred, and you know we've spoke about all this on on our shows. Uh, do you have a take on that, or do you just say it doesn't even matter? It's just an evil agenda, and, and we have to stop it. Well, you know, there's the, a pyramid. And, you know, who, who knows how far down close is uh, the pyramid has become even more clear since I watched your show on this whole thing of when the collapse comes, this group of central bankers get everything uh, that you don't even re we, we don't really know the exact names. 
but you know, I say that how far down is Klausi? I don't know. He wears weird clothes and acts like the villain. He's playing his role. He looks like he's a Star Trek character in the weird stuff he wears. He's just another German Nazi that's bringing in all our dumb politicians and saying, isn't this great? We're going to save the world. So WEF is the same thing as the World Health Organization and the UN. They are part of the old boys club going back to, you know, how far do we look back, Mike? Even you were like, you were saying you go back to what is it, the Phoenicians? I mean, how far are we going to go back to who these central bankers are? Yeah, it does. It, get, it gets ridiculous at a certain point. And, you know, a lot of, well, I've traced them back to to, to Italy in the 14th century, but then you can trace that those families came from Rome. So you trace it back. And, you know, it actually makes sense that that would be the system that you never actually know who is truly at the top. They create all of these structures, political structures, organizations, because that means that we're all here arguing about people like Trudeau and Klaus Schwab <laughs> and Bill Gates, like like someone like Bill Gates, a man of this uh, appearance and stature and personality has any power whatsoever. He gets to play the richest man in the world, is what I tell people. But they could swat him away at any point because, though, you know, these people get to play those roles during their lifetime and maybe their family will get to continue that role on so long as they play the role. I mean, I saw a video recently, Odessa, of Bill Gates. <laughs> he was in his kitchen or in someone's kitchen. I don't know if it was his. And he was, there was a, a child singing in the background about corn it was like a, it must have been a song from like the 1950s about really loving corn and he's got this t-shirt like like crumpled up over his saggy belly with a big image of corn on it and he's miming the words to the song with a big grin on his face and i'm watching this scratching my beard like no 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 man with any ounce of dignity would agree to this so somebody must be telling him that he has to do these are you things. talking about corn like corn on the cob yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's because that's his GMO baby. Exactly, exactly. And that's what's making the world sick is the GMO corn. Yeah, but but can you, but I just don't think he, I mean, I don't think he would do that. Like, I don't think you would, I don't think you would, you Odessa, as the richest man in the world in all of these circles would say, I want to mime a child singing about corn for the masses. You know, you'd be like, well, I've got, I've got billions and billions. Maybe I'm going to let someone else take this one. I'm not going to do it myself. Uh, so yeah. I just don't believe these people are truly powerful at all. I don't believe Klaus Schwab is. Then maybe they enjoy being in those roles, and uh, maybe they don't. But I, I just think there's too much evidence out there that, that they are just middle managers at best. And um, yeah, there's people. I think there is a there is a legacy here, a lineage that goes back a long, long time. And maybe you don't want to go down those paths for a reason. You know, it's probably not a good idea to. But ultimately, I guess what we need to talk about is solutions as well. Like, what do we do if that is the case? Like, do you? Do you have any ideas for you guys in Canada? Like, what's your end point? Is there a time when you say, we've got to leave this fight and get out of Canada? Well, to me, you know, I've asked myself that question, like, when is it enough? So my boys, one of them's off at university now. He's very awake. Thank God. He reports back to me of the insanity happening in Toronto quietly behind the scenes, which I love. He'll videotape stuff. My other son is four years away from graduating. And then I'm I'm done with worrying about my children, I'll tell them, flee. I can't handle what they do, right? Uh, you know, I think eventually they're going to have to flee. My mantra is I'm going to tell the truth till there's a bullet in my head. So I'm just going to keep speaking the truth because when I sort of talk to my God, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, 
what I always get back is the only thing you can do is keep speaking the truth. And what happens with that happens with that. And that's the only thing that it, to me seems not confusing. However, I have now put, I'm about to put my house on the market and I don't know if it, it was, all, it was because of you actually that made me decide to do that. Oh, I wow. am. Putting, <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Cause I've been worrying for a while. There's two reasons that I'm doing that. And that is, I know why we can talk more about in the second half. I know that they will be forcing us to give our land back to our first nations um, not because they care about the First Nations, they're just pretending, but it's so that the UN can actually own it eventually. Um, but when you talked about if there's a crash, if you don't own your home outright, that you'll be first in line to be wiped out. I don't. I have a mortgage on my home. Um, right now, there's a chance I will make some money on it once I sell it because we are still fairly high in the bubble. So right now, I am, because of you, flying to Mexico to look at a big, big property that I asked him the right questions because you, is this land owned outright to the developer? Do you owe anything to any bank anywhere? No, he can prove that to me. He's from Texas and Canadians, Americans, and people that know what's happening, they're selling their homes and they're buying plots and you know little houses. Well, they're kind of houses, they're, they're kind of like condos. Um, and I, there's some famous people there, apparently, and um, like football players and awake podcasters, crypto geniuses, apparently. So my husband happens to know who he is. So right now, because of you, in about a week or two, I'm flying to Mexico to look at a piece of land and I'm putting my house up for sale here because I know this will happen in my lifetime. And because I don't know if you know how expensive homes are in Canada for a tiny little townhouse, it's one point three million for a house with three bedrooms, it's about in my area. So I'm renting in a nice area right now because my child goes to private school and I don't want him to have to, but I couldn't afford a $7 million house, which in, in America is about 5.5 million. So I own a townhouse on a okay part of town. I rent it out I um, and I rent near my son's school so that he can be near his private school. Thank God his gran granny pays for that. Um, so right now in my area, we live in like a very mediocre house with three bedrooms, six million it would cost. So that's what I'm doing. I am getting ready to put my wealth outside of Canada. In the end, who knows if they'll come for us there. I also like it that Mexico has made an announcement they will not allow geoengineering chemtrailing in the sky anymore. So that's where I think we might end up. Do I think in four years, we might not even be able to cross the border to get there? Possibly. Well, I don't know. there's so much there. That's a firstly, like, you know, I appreciate that you uh, that you listened to my stuff and kind of took something from that. And I think listeners, that's a really awesome example with Odessa there of somebody taking action. Uh, you know, we all know what's coming. I've tried to lay it out, but I'm one of many. And the solutions are what Odessa is doing is to take action. And, and, you know, I've done this so many times in my own life. I, I actually just said in a recent episode of Dessa that when I first met my wife, we refused to go into debt. Uh, we had the option to take out a mortgage and to do it that, that route. And we actually did the opposite. We I had a boat that I owned uh, and I said, let's live on our boat. Like it was this wasn't a fancy yacht or anything like this. It was a small boat, eight meters. That was it. And we moved on to that boat. We lived on there. For and years. you're still married. Yeah, You're yeah. Well, it took, it took some. It took some convincing. <laughs> Firstly, my wife hates the water, so that was a that was a big hurdle. 
Uh, but once we once we did that, yeah, like we refused to go into debt. We never have been in debt. Um, I promised that one day I'd buy her a farm outright in cash. Uh, at the time, I didn't have a penny to my name. So I thought, well, I better learn how to uh, invest and save money. And that was why, why we moved on to the boat. So I had the um, excess money at the end of the month. It wasn't going into rent or a mortgage. Uh, and that was my story. So, you know, that is you taking control of the situation and you're going down to Mexico I've literally just got off the a Zoom call with someone in Paraguay. Me and my wife are thinking about going down to South America too because Europe is uh, it's get, it's hotting up over here. I love the country that we're in. And if I could stay here the rest of my life, I 100% would. But unfortunately, we're right in the center of that uh, chessboard. You know, Poland's right there in the middle. Uh, it's very close uh, to America. You know, we've got a lot of US bases around here. So, so yeah, we're thinking similar stuff. So, no, I congratulate you congratulate you Odessa for taking action uh you are right at the top of a bubble in Canada as well so you'll never get a better chance than this in my opinion to sell so really smart move really smart move uh and listeners yeah I I, I take take from from what Odessa said a bit of advice there if you've got a house and you've got a mortgage there's nothing wrong with downsizing there's nothing wrong with alternative living certainly nothing wrong with moving country but I think just sitting there hearing all of this stuff and not taking action, that's a decision as well. You are actually deciding that I'm going to go down with the ship on that one. So uh, yeah, reflect on that one. I think that's a great place to leave it. A really positive message uh, for part one, Odessa. Uh, and I, I hope my I hope taking my advice goes well for you. So keep me updated. I'd love to hear how things are going. I actually know some people in Mexico too. So I'll put you in touch with them, a few podcasters down there. Okay. And uh, and yeah, so let's leave it there for part one. Odessa in part two, I really want to talk about UNDRIP. Uh, this is an awful name for an awful thing that's happening in Canada. It's to do with land. Uh, it's very much related to what you just said about the land rights. So we'll start with that. And yeah, listeners, please uh, join us for part two if you want to. Go across to the member section on parallelmike.com. If not, I'll see you in the next one. Well, that's it for part one, everyone. I hope you enjoyed it. This one was a little bit shorter than usual for part one because we did have some time constraints. So I made part two the longer of the two parts. It's an hour in length. And we get into all of the agendas that are in play, the wildfires that we've been seeing across the world while well, Canada's been having an awful lot of them. So I wanted to get Odessa's take on what is actually going on there, who's behind this, and how is it being weaponized against the populace? Because I've seen lots of videos of citizens being forced out of their homes and being told that they're not allowed to go back to protect their belongings or fight the fires. And I've also seen citizens being blocked from having aid sent to them by other citizens. So they are literally stopping people from taking aid to families who have had their buildings and property burnt down. So this is being weaponized for sure. It's a totalitarian agenda. But there's also something even more sinister than that taking place right now, which is this whole push to regulate tax and bully people off their land. And this is coming in the form of supposed legislation that is going to help the indigenous community. So they're being weaponized also. So this is something I really wanted to get Odessa's take on because she's been following this on her own channel. So she gives us a rundown and we have a conversation about how the indigenous communities have been continuously weaponized against the citizens to ensure that they don't turn their attention on their real oppressors, which is, of course, the crown. It is the people who have invaded their country, took their land, spent years putting them in reservations, re-educating their children. It's not other Canadian citizens. There's more land in Canada than pretty much any other country on planet Earth, barring Russia. So we could all certainly fit on that land and have nice, lovely homesteads working together. 
All we have to do is get rid of these damn tyrants who think they own the lot of it. But what's actually happening is they're not being given land. They're essentially being bribed into supporting the government's agenda. They're being told we'll give you some money which will be a cut of land taxes from certain providences. And of course those taxes are going to be coming out of the pockets of other citizens. Other hardworking citizens who have bought their land and paid for it. So this is just another attempt to divide and conquer. It's another strategy to get rid of people, get them off their land, depopulate the place, and then take it all back for themselves, the great taking, which I've been discussing. So you have to understand what's happening in Canada because it's coming for us all. Their goal is to get us off the land so we cannot provide for ourselves, making us 100% dependent on them and their systems, which is, of course, going to be a tyrannical system where you have to do what they say when they say it. So we have to understand this, so part two, we go into that. Members, please head over to parallelmike.com to listen to part two. It's a really important one. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope you're all well, healthy, and reasonably happy. And of course, I'll see you all in the next one. What you are basic. Deep, deep down, far, far in, is simply the fabric and structure of existence itself. Peace for all men and women, for all men and women, for all men and women. Not merely peace in our time, peace in all time. Honestly expressing yourself. Peace for all men and women, for all men and women, for all men and women. Not merely peace in our time, peace in all time. The fabric and structure of existence. Not really peace in our time, peace in all time.